Before today's episode, I wish to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations, and recognise their continued connection to the beautiful land and sea. I'd also like to pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging, and I extend this acknowledgement to the traditional owners of the land my listeners are on. Welcome to Ritual the Podcast, your cottage in the woods, a sacred space for the witches, the healers, the magical folk to meet and speak of wisdom, witchery, and old world magic, where people come to learn, to hear stories, to share secrets, and to be free to be their true selves. Welcome to Ritual. Hello and welcome back to Ritual. My name is Amy Harvey and welcome to winter. If you're in the Southern Hemisphere, I mean, I mean, if you're in the North, I'm slightly jealous because I'm seeing all the like pictures of the sun and everyone's going to the beach. So I do have a little bit of FOMO of the North, um, but winter has just arrived here full ball. Like here in Melbourne, it I feel like it's been raining for like seven days straight it just is not stopping and whilst I'm like like winter is a nice change you know you get to the end of summer and you're like okay I'm ready for it I'm just like okay I'm done now I will say though one thing I do love about winter is I love that because it is so gloomy outside um it's like the perfect time to stay inside and get super cozy and read um, which is what I have been doing. Um, I actually just read a really good book um, which isn't new and I'm sure a lot of people have already read it but I just I just discovered it and I read it in literally I would say just under two days like I was glued to it Um, and that is it's called Sharp Objects by Gillian Flynn she's the author who wrote Gone Girl which most people know her for Um, but this book what I really love a good thriller book it's one of my things I just love a good thriller and this one got me hooked straight away I just could not stop thinking about it could not stop reading it and I was so sad when it finished but like obviously you get the resolution of yes (sighs) you know evil has been conquered Um, but like this is a side note a little bit about me is I am a massive true crime buff I listen to way too many podcasts and I'm I swear I, I should have been a detective that was probably my calling but the thing is because I am so into all of that whenever I read a thriller book I usually pick the murderer pretty early on and this one I literally got it like I got the condition they had I got who it was like way before and I, I told Patty just so I had a witness and as soon as it happened I'm just like yes detective Amy she strikes again <laughs> but um yes I highly recommend that book actually if you are into thriller books or just really good like suspense mystery ones sharp objects and they've actually made a tv show out of it on binge I think it is um which we've just started 
um, which is really good. I'm very happy. You know how sometimes you see like they make a show or a movie out of a book and you go, no, everyone's wrong. You're not who I imagined. I think they did a pretty good job. So I recommend that as well. Anyway, that was a very long intro. Um, if you hear meowing in the background, it's because my cat Sage is really pissed at me because I haven't fed her dinner. And how dare I not do that immediately when she wants it. Um, so just ignore her. She'll probably come and start attacking me any second. It's fine. She'll survive. Um, but yes, this week... Um, I'm super excited about this guest. This is a fellow podcaster, um, Gwyn, who is from the podcast Three Pagans and a Cat, which you may be aware of, Um, another witchy podcast, which is just, it was actually one of the first I ever listened to, and I loved it because it's a family dynamic, um, and they're just really interesting, full of information, really good views because everyone in the family has a different um, pagan path. So you get all these different, you know, viewpoints about something like a Sabbath or, you know, following a certain deity or whoever. Um, So I was super excited to have Gwen on and she's just like the nicest person. I love chatting with her. So I think you guys will really like our combo. Um, But let's just get straight into it, shall we? So today is very exciting for me. I um, I love a good podcast and I, it's something that I do every morning. I go for my walk and half my walk is music and half my walk is a podcast. And I'm very, very picky about what I listen to. I really need to like vibe with the person. Otherwise, I, I just can't do it. So there's a very small amount that I really listen to, but there is one in particular I have loved for a long time. Um, and now this is broken up into three parts because the podcast is a family. There's a dad, a mom, and an amazing Ode who just has the most amazing brain. But today I have Gwen. She is a eclectic green witch. She's a medium. She's a tarot reader. She's an author. And she's, you know, there's just those people who are just like, they just feel like pure magic. That is how I feel about Gwen, and I am so excited that she is with me today. So, Gwen, hello and welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. You know, on and it's amazing. We were talking earlier about how Zoom uh, allows us to be talking from your on Saturday. I'm still in Friday. I know so. you're in the past. I'm in the past. There's time <laughs> travel going on here. You've missed so much. I mean, the future is just holding so many amazing things. <laughs> um so thank you for joining me now you where where are you in the world right now uh michigan michigan yep we're in uh, the southwestern area of michigan beautiful Mm -hmm. is it cold are you still cold there is it still snowing or are you are you going into spring (laughs) it's supposed to be going into spring and supposedly (laughs) we're going to have 70s weather next week but it's been really weird it's been fluctuating between 20 and 50 over the last couple of weeks we've had snow wow uh, since april 1st i mean it doesn't quite know what it wants to do honestly um we can have snow up until may 
here in this awesome year. it's like a lucky dip <laughs> yeah. who knows what you're gonna get <laughs> exactly it's like don't like the weather wait it'll change yeah <laughs> that's kind of like where I live I'm in Melbourne in Australia and we literally have four seasons in a day like you'll wake up and it will be freezing cold so you like wear five layers outside and then within 20 minutes like oh my god it's so hot <laughs> and then yeah so I, I understand yep Now, I'm so excited to have you because you guys, whenever I listen to your show, you're just like a wealth of knowledge. You, all three of you. So let me go back. So Gwen is part of Three Pagans and a Cat podcast. And the the reason why I love it so much is because all three of them have a different uh, path that they follow. And it really brings so much extra knowledge to a podcast because usually you'll have one that's filled with witches or one that's filled with druids or it's always a very similar path. But you guys, because you have so many different elements, it really just like fills it with so much more. And I love that about it. So I'm excited to pick your brain because you just have, you you get more and more information on all different, whoever you're talking to. So you must just be like a big cauldron full of of amazing (laughs) magic. So let's start at the beginning. Do you have a morning ritual, something that you begin your day with, and it can be magic, it can be mundane, or it could be a combination of both? Yep, I do actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to spend every morning at least five to 10 minutes just doing some meditation, just a basic breathing and grounding into the earth and re- giving and receiving of energy with the earth. Mm-hmm. And from there, um, I like to light a candle for each one of my deities and yes. just say a hail, just a greeting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do have, I'm, I'm a green witch mm-hmm. um, that I honor the earth as a deity. Um, but I'm also a Hecatean witch. Yes. So I, um, you know, I have a, a set ritual that I perform for Hecate in mm-hmm. the morning. And uh, that usually in- includes lighting a candle, lighting some uh, rosemary as an offering and reciting the uh, Orphic hymn to Hecate. Mm-hmm. And then uh, anointing myself with some oil for the day. Beautiful. So that, I love that. That's what I like to do. Mm-hmm. I love it. And what a great way. Like I always recommend to people who are just starting out. I'm like one thing that you can really do for yourself is to create either a morning or an evening ritual. And it can be something mm-hmm. super simple, but I think like starting your day with something and it can be like five, 10 minutes, you know, long, but you just mm-hmm. get into that mindset immediately of like, today is going to be a magical day. I'm already connected with somebody. And it kind of just has that like domino effect of the rest of the day. You're just inviting more and more magic in. So I love that. I love that you start like that. I think that's beautiful. And it really doesn't take as long. It sounds longer than it actually takes. Yeah. (laughs) Very short ritual, Mm -hmm. but it it just adds so much to my day, as you were saying. So yeah, I, I definitely recommend, even if all you're doing is lighting a candle for a few moments and and saying a short prayer or a hail, Mm. you know, it means the world. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's even like, you know, you can think about if you go outside and you see your neighbor, you could Mm -hmm. just like walk past them and hop in the car, or you could just wave and then get in and there's still that acknowledgement at least I've like just said a quick hello you don't have to stop and have a 20 minute conversation you can just wave your hand and then that's it and that's kind of a similar thing 
Exactly. And you're still establishing a kind of rapport, a relationship, so that if you do want to stop and have that 20 minute conversation, yeah. you have that, you know, initial morning wave to build on, mm-hmm. you know, and they're and not so- like, oh, look who wants to talk to me today. <laughs> Exactly. Because you've already established, hey, I'm interested. I'm, I'm greeting you. You're, you're someone who's part of my sphere of influence or within my orbit somehow. It's the same thing with deity and yeah. or, or ancestor work or any of those things. Um, we need to just put in that little bit of attention mm-hmm. to relationship because that's what it is. We're building a relationship with these deities and these spirit allies and, mm-hmm. and our ancestors. Absolutely. Now I will dive into that because I have some questions about that for you. Um, but I just wanted to start, what was your, what was your journey into witchcraft? Have you always been a witch or did, was there, did it come later in life? Like, how did you, how did you begin? It actually did come later in life. I was, uh, raised as a Christian mm-hmm. and, um, I, although as a child, I was very spiritual. I had supernatural, if you want to call it that experiences or experiences with, with, uh, spirit beings. Yeah. Um, and of course being raised in the church that was, you know, frowned on. Yes. So I didn't really <laughs> talk about those experiences very much, but they, they kept, they were a part of my life from very, very early on. Um, but when I was married and had two small kids, mm-hmm. I was really beginning to question Christianity and who I was and things of that nature. And so I had my, my two children were under the age of five. So I would pop them in a stroller and we had a library just down the road. So I would take them to the library and the librarians must've seen a really desperate mom because they would immediately (laughs) snatch my children (laughs) and say, Hey, it's story time. It gives me about an hour Mm -hmm. to go Mm -hmm. in the stacks and read or, or just you know, have a moment to breathe. Mm-hmm. And I started researching different religions because I'd always been interested, obviously, in uh, spirits and psychic phenomena and, and things of that nature because of my own personal experiences with spirit. But I really was interested in witches and witchcraft and magic and things of that nature. And so I started looking for, for books, basically. Yeah. And um, I ran across a book called Ariadne's Thread, a workbook of goddess magic. And um, that was really the beginning of my journey. It, it took a long time to get where I am today. Yeah. Um, I had a lot of stops and starts. I had what my friend Elliot director calls a Christian retrograde. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love that. For a time, because, you know, I, being raised in the church, I, you really, you're programmed, right? Yeah. To, a certain thing or to fear certain things there's a lot of guilt exactly Mm -hmm. so much guilt and even when you try to step away from that it still it it enters your thoughts and you know Mm -hmm. and uh it it has you questioning what you're doing or feeling guilty and so I really it was a process for me Mm -hmm. so I started my path um really in let's see probably 2000 um and started my journey first as a Wiccan and then as a, you know, that didn't quite fit. So I was a traditional witch and then I tried Christian witchcraft and Mm -hmm. things of that nature. And then I had my Christian retrograde. (laughs) (laughs) But um, when I finally embraced who I am as a witch, and that's Mm -hmm. really what it came down to is truly embracing that religion that I was born into, that I was raised in, it just didn't fit. No. And it never really did. 
-hmm. And I worked so hard to try to make it fit. And by the time, you know, so around, I guess it was probably around 2016 um, that I, or 2016, 2016, um, that I really just said, fuck it. You know, I, this just doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. This doesn't, this is not who I am. Who I am is witch. Yeah. I'm a magical being. I am a spiritual being who communicates with spirits and I'm going to embrace that about myself. How freeing. Oh my God. It, (laughs) it really was when I was able to finally just let all the past go. Mm -hmm and move forward into who I actually am. It was just, it was like the sun came out from behind the clouds, you know, and just illuminated my path. And I knew that I was going in the right direction. Finally, after many starts and stops, uh, but a lot of research and, you know, years of you know, hiding things and, and being in the broom closet and, and things of that nature, I finally was free to be myself. And that's who I am today. Did you find, was there any negative, I guess, what's the word, uh, feedback from it? Did you have people, especially growing up in a family that's Christian, what was it like then telling that family, this is who I am and I can't be that version of myself anymore? Yeah, initially back in the 2000s, the the response was not good. Yeah. And, um, you know, but now in the present, uh, 20 some years later, honestly, I just said, this is who I am and I don't care what you think. Mm -hmm. And my mother was the person who I cared the most, what her opinion was. Of course, yeah. And she, you know, she always was, she was a Christian and, but she had, come to a point where she could accept me for who I am, Mm -hmm. even though we have very different views. And she passed um, in last August. Mm -hmm. Um, But she, before she passed, she and I had many really good conversations about what she believes about the afterlife, what I believe about the afterlife. And I I think we were able to come to an understanding. That's beautiful. Oh, and when she, when she passed, I was able to, you know, to be like a psychopomp for her Mm. through Hakati. And it was, it was beautiful. And even though I couldn't, you know, openly say to my sister, I'm, I'm helping my mother, our our mother usher her into the arms of her, you know, ancestors. Mm. I could do that privately. Yeah. Um, And what was really great too, is we worked with a hospice and the, um, the chaplain was very interested in what my beliefs were and incorporated that into the final blessings. Wow. That we had at, at That's time. big. It was huge. Yeah. It was huge. So what I, an I open-minded re- person to do that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I actually gave her some prayers and some things. And while she didn't specifically use those, she chose prayers that would reflect my beliefs, even as they reflected the beliefs of my mother and, and my siblings. And it shows you that you can, that you can join together. There doesn't have mm-hmm. to be that divide. They, those two different beliefs can, especially with death, they can come yeah. together and you really, the intent is the same. They're just different, you know, pictures. Exactly. And um, 
And I think it's also nice because a lot of people message me and they do come from religious backgrounds and they have family who are very critical and judgmental or fearful or they just have misconceptions or whatever. And I think it's nice to know that coming out of the broom closet, it can be really scary. And if Mm -hmm. you have people who have such inbuilt beliefs, you will get probably a negative response, but Mm -hmm. it's not forever. Some, there are people who they just need that time to understand and to take those misconceptions that you're not, you know, standing on the roof, calling in the devil, like that's, you're, you're just a normal person doing yeah. beautiful things. And then eventually time will heal that. So it's having that confidence that while it may be hard at the beginning and you may feel lonely, you may feel like the black sheep it passes and hopefully it passes and most of the time it does and especially when it comes to the end of a life that stuff doesn't matter it really doesn't matter exactly Mm. and now there are like for instance my husband he you know he cannot share with his mother uh that he is a pagan yeah um but you know because he he is worried about that negative reaction Mm. and i i I can see where he's coming from, but I also have to believe that she would in time be become like my, my own mother yeah, and be willing to accept that even though we have different beliefs than she does, that we can still love each other. We have common ground and ultimately that stuff know, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No. Exactly. No, hopefully not at least. And I think if it does matter, it's more of a representation of them as a person than what your belief is, you know? Exactly. It really, Mm. and a lot of it, it comes down to just man's traditions and Mm. religious beliefs, you know? And and I think if we could really start trying to look for more commonalities, we'd be surprised. Oh, for sure. Because they are so similar. They really are. And they I, I often laugh because it's even things like blowing out a birthday candle. You're like, where do you think that came from? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Making a wish, even uh, like the Catholic church or uh, the Lutheran churches, you know, you'll see a lot of iconography and you'll see a lot of candles and incense in some of these situations, especially the Roman Catholic. And I'm like, it's not that different from my house. In fact, <laughs> in to my home and I we have a large altar and I have all these deity statues up (laughs) and um one time a friend came over and I had all these candles lit because I had done my my rituals and Mm -hmm. and things they were like it looks like a catholic church (laughs) (laughs) kind of (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) I love that Um, Now, so how did you find then your path as a green witch? What, what was it that, that pulled you in? Well, I have always loved nature from Mm -hmm. the time I was a very young child. I felt very connected to the earth, to nature, to the changing of seasons, uh, things of that nature. I was always playing outside and um, just, you know, really grooving on, on anything with, to do with nature. And Mm -hmm. I realized that nature and earth and natural magic has always been a part of what I do. Yeah. Green magic, you know, green witchcraft, if you will, plants and herbs and uh, essential oils and everything that comes from, from the natural world is very much a part of what I do. Mm. And I actually ran across a book called the green witch by Aaron Murphy, his yes. uh, several book. years back. 
Oh my God. I love that book. Mm-hmm. And I read it and I was like, holy shit, that's me. I, yes. you know, it, I, I finally was looking at this going, this is everything I have been doing intuitively. Mm-hmm. Everything I have been doing intuitively. She talks about in that book. Love the it. only love difference it. for me is that, um, in the, in her book, she talks about the fact that it's really, uh, there's not necessarily a deity per se there, you know, I don't work with the good neighbors. I never have. Yeah. Um, but I very much work with the earth. And, and for me, I came to realize that the earth itself is a world soul is a living being mm-hmm. that is worthy of being honored as a deity. I mean, it's absolutely it's millennia, you know, it's millions of years old. Um, everything springs that, that we it's know all life connected. Is, is all connected to mm. the earth. And so um, I became not only working as a green witch, but an earth witch. So I call it green earth witch um, I because I honor the earth as deity, as well as nature. Mm-hmm. Isn't that such an exciting moment when you find something like the green witch book or something mm-hmm. and it perfectly captures you? Because yes. like for me, and that's what I love about like being a witch is that there is no rule book and you can like, it's like choose your own adventure. You can take things and put things in your path and make your own. And then sometimes mm-hmm. something comes along and it perfectly captures that. Like for me, I see myself as a seasonal witch because I'm very into celebrating all the Sabbaths. I love mm-hmm. watching what's happening outside around me. And that kind of captures that like influences me throughout the year so in autumn and winter I'd become more of a kitchen witch and then in Mm -hmm. you know spring and summer I'm more of a green witch because I want to go outside and I love when you find something that captures who you are because you're just like yeah that's me (laughs) exactly and it's like you know for me like I love plants my house Mm -hmm. is filled with plants if I could have more plants I would oh yeah always I have the good windows and my family is always like mom do you really need another plant and I'm like yes "Yes, I do these are my allies of course I do you know and it's it's so funny and the thing I tell people though is that you don't have to have a green thumb you don't have to grow plants and herbs and things like that to be a green witch you just work with nature Mm, you know just have respect for it exactly exactly Mm. I love natural magic yeah Absolutely. Yes. And it's so easy to use because it's everywhere, everywhere you exactly. look, even like working with the moon, you look out the window and it's right there. Exactly. Or the sun. I love working with the sun yes. and uh, it, it's, uh, I don't know, it's just something beautiful. And for me, I see the, the sun, the earth and the moon as a, I guess you could call it a triad, a trinity or, or whatever, because they, they have to work together in conjunction yeah. for life to, to be here, you know, for yeah. us to live on this, on this plate, on this space. And so it's just a really, it's a beautiful connection to see between all three. Absolutely. I totally agree. Um, so in your family, then did you raise your children with a similar um, view as you, or were they old enough that you were kind of like, I'm going to do my thing. And if you want to join in, you can like, how did your, um, dynamic work? Was there someone that started that pagan path or, or was it all that you all come together? Well, it was interesting again, because I, again, as mentioned, I was raised Christian. So Mm -hmm. I had, 
had been raising my children as Christians. Right. Um, and then when in, around the year 2000, um, I started walking in the path of the witch, mm-hmm. I did take my children to pagan pride days and try to introduce them to the idea and the concept. Um, and then again, I, I had that Christian retrograde, which meant I left behind witchcraft because I was, you know, feeling guilty. Yeah. And, but by that time, my children were teenagers. And, um, so they started going their own path and I never forced my children to go to church. It was, if you don't, if you don't believe that, that's fine. Yeah. Um, and so from high school and college on both my children started following their own paths and basically in college age, they both found their path into witchcraft on their own. Mm. Um, Ode, it was probably a, a 10 year process mm-hmm. um, of just looking at different things because they're very cerebral. They're, you know, they research everything. They love <laughs> to research. And so they researched, they knew Christianity wasn't right for them because mm-hmm. they had tried that as a child. And as they got into teenagerhood, they realized that Christianity didn't work for them. And they remembered that I had taken them to these pagan, uh, you know, to these pagan things and and they were interested in witchcraft and things of that nature. And, uh, and of course I did teach some things, some witchcraft to, to Ode. Yeah. Um, and so they started going, you know, doing their research and ultimately they found heathenry and, um, became a heathen witch basically. Mm Um, and my other child, my youngest, my son, he found Wicca in college Mm. and realized that Wicca didn't really fit him. Mm. Um, you know, but it was a starting point and he started exploring different things and which eventually just through experimentation, leading of, of the deities that he works with that type of thing, he realized that he was a hedge witch. Interesting. Yeah. So we, they just, it's, it was all independent. And then of course, at the same time, I'm, you know, over here, my, my husband and I are over here trying to be Christians and (laughs) realizing it isn't working, you know, and I'm like, I was a witch for years. You know, I I was happier when I was a witch. I'm just going to do that. What am I doing? What am I doing? So Mm. I was like, you know, I'm just going to be a witch. And uh, I had several conversations with Ode about that. And they were like, no one said you had to stay in the religion nice. that you were born with. If you, if it's not working for you change, yeah. you know, and just leave it and do something else. It's okay. Yeah. And uh, so I did. And then independently of what I was doing and going back into witchcraft and uh, following that path um, and realizing I was a green witch, um, my husband had been having uh, his own conversations with Ode because he was always interested in his own heritage, which is uh, Irish. Yes. And he started looking into Celtic Christianity and then that moved into Druidry and uh, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And so that's how he got onto his path at the time as a Druid was through through that and having a similar conversation with, with our daughter, or excuse me, our child saying, you know, what should I do? And they were like, dad, if you want to be a Druid, be a Druid. Nobody said you had to be a Christian. No. So that's, we all kind of came to these paths separately, but all ended up on a pagan path. You know what? Like, this is the thing I think that really drew me into your podcast is I love how much support you have 
for each other in really embracing your chosen path. Like I, I absolutely love that. You're like, believe whatever you want to believe. You believe what you want to believe. I'm going to figure it out too. And then we're just going to like bring it together. And I totally support you 100%. And I think when you're coming from a family that, or a, I guess a, a religion where there is a lot of judgment and there is a lot of like guilt and all of that. Mm-hmm. And I think even, not even just re- with religion, I think from any experience that you've had in your life, you learn what it feels like and you go, I'm never going to do that to my own children. Like I've had things in my life that I've gone, I know how crap that made me feel as a child and I know how damaging that can be. So I'm never going to do that to my kids. And I love that you guys have such a like comfortable, open space that you can just express yourself and believe what you want. And it's totally accepted. I just love that about you guys. (laughs) I'm glad that we were able to move into that. It took, mm-hmm. it took time. It took work. It took conversations mm-hmm. to be able to do that. And I'm glad that we all came to that place where we could, mm-hmm. you know, and as I said, even as a Christian, I never wanted to tell my kids they had to go to church because no. that's what happened to me. I I've thought about it a lot over the years. And I realized around the age of 16, I had said to my mother, I don't want to be a Christian anymore. I don't want to go to church anymore. She lost her shit, you know, and lost her shit and got Mm. angry at me. And so being a people pleaser and being raised in that guilt ridden, oh, I don't want to, you know, upset God and my mom, you know, Mm. I, I stayed in that. And it makes me wonder because that was around the time that spiral dance had been published and it was around the same time as, um, Margot Adler's book, uh, had been, had been published. It just, I really honestly wonder if I had not, uh, acquiesced to my mother's demands to stay in church. If I had that, that point in my life allowed myself to explore and found those two books, then mm-hmm. how different things might have been, yeah. you know, I mean, you can't, you can never know, you never no, know. Hindsight just, is an amazing thing. Hindsight is an amazing <laughs> thing, but the most important thing is that we ended up where we are now mm. and we're all incredibly happy in our individual paths. We can come together as a family, talk to each other about our individual beliefs about magic. We get together, Mm -hmm. we perform ritual together. We, you know, I perform magic with my kids. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's beautiful. And I think it was always moving this way. It just, it was meant to happen when it was meant to happen. Yeah. It just took Mm. a little time for us to get there. Absolutely. Now going into that, because I am very interested in how you practice magic as a family, given that you've got four (laughs) different parts, Right. Um, how does that work? Like, do you, like, if you're just say you've got a Sabbath, would you kind of pick bits from each of your traditions and put it together? Or do you go, I'm going to do my own thing or how does it, how does it work? it's a little bit of column A, column B. Yeah. (laughs) We all do our individual rituals. Yeah. Um, you know, and have our, our individual times that we are spell casting or we're, we're performing ritual or whatever, but, um, we do at almost specific, usually specifically for, for Sabbaths, um, we will come together. And that is when we will say, okay, we're going to take a little bit from, from this. And we're going to take a little bit of that. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, honor everyone's path mm-hmm. and, and come together in a ritual. I'm usually the one leading it. Yeah. And, um, you know, it just, it just kind of, it's very loose. Yes. <laughs> it's not any, it's not very formal, but it's always very enriching. Yeah, for us to come together and just bring our, you know, we call our individual deities. We, we uh, make our, the offerings that we want. We usually agree on a theme uh, or a purpose for the ritual, or Mm -hmm. if we're going to include a spell, what the spell will entail and how each of us is going to, uh, you know, participate in that spell. And I usually keep it very simple. Um, But yeah, it's, it's a beautiful part of what we do is when we come together to do mm. any kind of ritual. And it's usually, like I said, it's very loose. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's never hugely structured. Um, the one, the main one that we usually do is for Yule. We yes. come together for Yule. And uh, because that, and we, we have, I like to celebrate the holidays anyway. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> because of Carr's Druid past, he's now actually moved on into Norse, uh, wow. into a Norse path, which is interesting, but um, and that has more to do with, uh, he's working at a, at a, you know, at a tap room selling mead that is dedicated um, yeah. to the Norse I would be as well. <laughs> <laughs> and they, and he came up with the idea to start pouring out an offering to the Norse deities. And of course, eventually he was going, you know, he would yeah. be drawn, you know, into that, but, but we do still include the, the Druid, uh, and Irish heritage of yeah. his. And so, um, like 12 days before Yule and 12 days after Yule, we're lighting candles mm. to honor both those paths because both of them, both the Norse and the, the uh, Celtic have Yule traditions Yes, you know, and winter solstice traditions. And as, for me as a green witch, I'm honoring the solstice. Mm-hmm. And so it just, it all just kind of There's so many out. layers to it, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, there really that. is. That's yeah. really cool. That's really cool. Um, now, I know you call her Hecate. I call her Hecate, but same yeah. same thing. Yep. How did you find her? Because she oh. is a very fun deity to work with. Obviously, she's yeah. a very popular one among witches, being goddess of the witches. Um, and I'm always really interested to hear how people came to work with her because I, I feel like it's always an interesting story. Yeah, it, it really is. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I'll i float between Hecate, because I know that's how most people know her nowadays, and Hecate, <laughs> yes. which is my understanding is closer to the Greek pronunciation mm-hmm. of her name. Yep. Um, so, and it, it just somehow naturally uh, that we're, it feels more natural to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To call her mm-hmm. Hecate. Yep. Um, but anyway, <laughs> it was years ago, way back in the way back in the early 2000s. And I was performing a crossroads spell mm-hmm. and I obviously knew Hakati as a crossroads deity yes, and a, a liminal deity. And so I approached her for assistance with this particular spell. At the time, I didn't really know much about her. Uh, it was pretty much the, you know, the bog standard, what people thought that, you know, she was ghosts and uh, yeah. liminal spaces underworld you know that All idea the spooky that she stuff. was prone you know kind mm. of thing um but it just felt right to contact her to to call out to her to make an offering and ask for her assistance for this spell and I remember when it happened 
I was surprised because all of the information I had about her was this crone energy, kind of this Mm. spooky, scary crone energy, but that's not what I was feeling at all. When I was doing this spell, I, uh, had that sense of, of a maiden or a younger entity, that younger energy, uh, but also very ancient, Mm -hmm. you know, this very ancient deity and, uh, that, so I, I had called out to her. She worked with me. She answered that call. And then I went along with my life, you know, yes. just doing my thing. And after I had uh, embraced myself as a witch and was finally walking the path, we were at a, uh, a convic- it was called, conv- it's called convocation. It's a, mm-hmm. a gathering of witches every year in Detroit. And my family and I were there. Please excuse me. I have a cold. So I'm me feel too. like I'm very Me too. <laughs> But um, I, uh, we were at this meeting, this convocation, and I went to a ritual for the goddess mm-hmm. and it was uh, led by, um, what is her name? Ellen Dugan. Mm-hmm. It was led by Ellen Dugan. And it was just uh, the maiden mother crone. It was that it was uh, a triple goddess ritual. Yeah. No goddess specifically was being uh, called to that. I remember, I think that she, I think a lot of the the deities were were contacted and called in this ritual Mm -hmm. but as we were in this ritual I remember just having this sense that Hakati was calling to me Mm -hmm. and then I had this vision of her as a you know kind of shrouded in a hood at Mm -hmm. a crossroads with her dogs and she was not this crone. She was, you know, this younger woman. And she kind of gave me this, hi, you remember yeah. me? Yes. Yes. <laughs> kind of thing. And I was like, I was in tears. I was like, yes, I remember this energy. I remember this presence. I remember this deity, this goddess. I remember Hakati. Mm-hmm. And I said, yes, yes, I remember you. And she's like, okay, good. And uh, at the end of that ritual, we were all given a token. And the token that I was given was a butterfly, which Mm -hmm. for me meant transformation. Yeah. And um, probably, and then I, the the way things are, I didn't think anything more about it. I thought, oh, I had this cool experience with Hakati. And then a year later, a book came out called Keeping Her Keys. Yes. And uh, because, and it's written by Dr. Cindy Brannon. And I had the opportunity to read it before it was published or, Mm -hmm. you know, released to, so I could do a review. And I was reading this going, oh my goodness, this is exactly what I should be doing. And the funny thing is when I, when I really stopped to think about it, I realized I had been, even though I hadn't really done anything with it, I had been kind of back in the back of my mind thinking about that experience with Hakati and that ritual Mm. and thinking, I really should think about maybe, you know, working with Hakati maybe because at that time I was working with Brigid and the earth and, uh, you know, maybe one or two other deities, but it was all just very, you know, lighting a candle and not really devoting myself to, to, you know, I considered myself a secular witch, if Mm -hmm. you will. Um, because I was, I was gun shy, honestly, to, to devote myself to a deity after coming out of Christianity. Yeah. And, um, so I, but I had, this was, 
you know, even though I didn't do anything with it, I had been kind of thinking, well, maybe I should, you know, start working with Hakati. Maybe I should honor her. And then I read this book and I was like, no, I should devote myself to her. That just felt right. Mm -hmm. As soon as I, I started reading all this and I learned a lot. And from reading that book. And uh, I actually joined uh, Cindy's online coven for about a, not quite a year. Mm -hmm. I took her course um, and she's, a lot has changed since she first introduced that. It's been several years now, Um, but I essentially passed what would be the equivalent of her red key course, the first part. Um, Even though it wasn't officially, you know, Mm -hmm. there was nothing official about it. That's a, that's about how far I got into her tutelage, um, Mm -hmm. you know, with Hakati before I moved on. But now I have a very personal one-on-one relationship with Hakati. Uh, And in fact, you know, I was talking about when my mother passed, it's because of Hakati that I was able to uh, be a psychopomp for my mother. Mm. And it was, uh, I had some very uh, intense experiences in meditation and in ritual with Hakati throughout that long process. Cause my mother, uh, she was in the, the, the final stages. She was probably, it was like five or six weeks that we were going through this end stage with her mm-hmm. and it was an incredibly <clears throat> difficult time. And, but through prayer and through, uh, ritual and just, seeking Hakati's guidance through meditation, I was able to get through that time. And mm. so, yeah, it, it's, I have a very deep and personal relationship with her. I love that you said that about her, how people often say she is like that crone energy because yeah. I, I never connected with her at all. People would always be like, yes, Hakati, Hakati, Hakati. I'm like, mm. I'm just not there. Like I just don't have yeah. that connection. And I had been working with Bridget a lot. She was my first kind of friend, I guess. Um, And then one day I just started seeing pictures of Hecate everywhere. Everywhere I looked, I'd go on Instagram, she'd be there. I'd go on Facebook, there'd be some article about her or I'd look in a book and they'd be talking about her. She just kept popping up and popping up. And I was like, all right, hello, (laughs) are you trying to talk to me? And then at the beginning, she almost like put, I would do a meditation with her and I would go on this weird journey where it's like, she was throwing all these tricks at me. Like I was doing a test and I remember like walking down a path and it was just like repeated images. I just kept going on and on and on. And I had to find a door. So she like put me on all these different things. And eventually I made my way to her and she was exactly the same as you said. She was like this younger but like powerful energy who is so beautiful but you go I wouldn't mess with you but you know you know your stuff you know what you're talking about and I think once you do meet with her that's it like you just if, if she allows you to get to that point and you do and you make it and she sees that you're going to work for it it's like such an amazing relationship to build because she does come to you really when you need her as well, like sometimes she'll just vanish and you're like, oh, okay, bye. I guess you're done with me now. But when you need it, like, especially when it comes to those transitions and it could be death, it could be a transformation in your life or whatever, you can just feel her slip back in. And I love that she isn't one of those ones that will just give you a cuddle and be like, they're there and, you know, about everything, but she's there yeah. when it really matters. And I think that's 
I think if you build that with her, it's a really powerful thing. I agree. I also feel like she is one, she, um, she does not suffer fools No, no. <laughs> at all. She's, uh, she's very much a kind of, okay, let's deal with your shit. Yeah. Kind of, she's very blunt. Life, you know? Yeah. But yet she's very, she's very much a mother. At least uh, that's how I feel. I agree. Even though she's this young maiden, uh, you know, when I, when I sense her presence again, she's this ancient, Mm -hmm. uh presence because she's you know she's been around for over three thousand years and um, she's seen things she has seen (laughs) and you know it's just it's amazing when you get that sense of her ancientness Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. yet her uh, and, and like you said, sometimes there's this remoteness that where, you know, I'll go into a meditation and, and I have this basically have built this temple to Hakati that I go to in yes. meditation yes. Not there, you know, <laughs> you know? I'm, busy. <laughs> I'm busy, you do your thing, you know, but yeah, sometimes, you know, she will be there mm. when I, you know, and, and she, it's either because I need her to be there or she has something she wants me to learn. Yeah. Or deal and with. you need to listen to, you need to listen. listen. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. I'll never forget the first time I did a ritual for Hakati. It was one uh, that was recommended in Cindy's book. And uh, apparently I did it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I felt at the end of this ritual. No. Yeah. No, you're not good not, enough. Not good. Enough. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, I was a little more careful, a little more intentional in yes. everything that I did. I covered my head with a veil. I mean, yep. a whole bit. And then she was like, yes, this will do. <laughs> <laughs> that was okay. <laughs> that, that was okay. And yeah. as, I, but as the relationship built, I've gotten to the point where, you know, originally I had to be very formal with her mm-hmm. when I went into ritual and when I went into meditation and we've now built this relationship where I don't have to do that yeah I'm the same because at first I was like I think I'm meant to be scared of you because everyone else (laughs) seems to be scared of you and I'm like so I'm really unsure but I'm I'm not like that like I'm usually quite like well this is how I feel and she goes yes that's good you should talk like that and so she's very blunt to me and will be like what you did then was crap like that's I I don't (laughs) like that I think you're lazy I think you're being lazy about it you can do better But then it does, like, it gives you that kick up the ass to do it properly. And I remember one time I had been really disconnected with my own witchcraft. Like I was doing it for everybody else, but I was not doing any of my own. And she's like, well, that's not good enough. Like you need to do it. And she goes, I'm going to give you seven days. And every day for seven days, you need to do something magical for yourself. And if you do, I will help you. And if you don't, there's a consequence. And I messaged my friend after, I'm like, this is what she said. And she goes, you better bloody do it. You better do it. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That is true. Yeah. (laughs) She can be tough. She is the mother, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's funny because I don't find her frightening at all. I never had, even when I did that initial crossroads uh, spell with her in the dark and a crossroads, (laughs) she's supposed to be scary. I was not, I did not fear her. I was, I respected her, you know? Um, so it's always funny to me when I hear people say that, you know, they're scared of her. It's like, sure. She's intimidating. Don't don't tell her that (laughs) (laughs) she's, you know, she's intimidating. She's, you know, she's a deity, but Mm. I I find she's very approachable to the, to the ones who are sincere. 
Yeah. And if you just, if there's no bullshit, like you just get to your point and say, this is what I need you for. Then she respects that. Like, don't, you know, cotton wool it. Yeah. Just get, get it, to the point. <laughs> exactly. Just why are we here? What are yeah. We doing? You're wasting my time. <laughs> hurry up. <laughs> hurry up. Hurry up. Yep. Exactly. Um, so you, you work with different deities as well, don't you? I do. Yes. So I'm yes. like that as well. I have like three main, I have Hecate, Bridget and Aphrodite. Um, uh-huh. And so I'm interested in to know how you work with all yours separately. Like, do you have certain things that you go to them for specifically, or do you kind of incorporate them all together in a ritual or how, or how do you do it? And how do you build that connection to each of them and maintain it knowing that you have to kind of like separate yourself around like how do you maintain all of them right um well it's interesting because Hakati really has been kind of a a, because I suppose she's a liminal deity Mm -hmm. she is all about you know entrances and and exits and things like that in in certain arenas um she really has ushered me into this ability to be able to work with more than one deity at a time mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so when i do ask them all to come into one ritual together it's usually through hakati mm-hmm. i ask her to be uh like the gatekeeper if you will cuz that's right. you know she has the keys so mm-hmm. <laughs> she's kind of a gatekeeper but yes that it's more often than not i work with them individually like for instance i work with frega Mm-hmm. Uh, who is, you know, the queen of her own pantheon. Yep. Uh, and she's also a mother, obviously. And so I approach her as a mother figure and I work with her for my divination whenever I'm doing, uh, you know, any kind of tarot work or divination work or things mm-hmm. of that nature. I, I go to Frigga and yep. I have a, a particular prayer that I've created that I say to her and uh, light my candle for her and you know, make an offering uh that kind of thing. So I work specifically, almost specifically with her for, for divination, but I've also asked her to protect the home. You know, she's, she's kind of, I guess you could say she's kind of my hearth deity. Right. Weird. Yep. Got you. But Mm -hmm. yeah, she's, she's the hearth deity. And then, um, I also work with, I call her Brigid. It's probably wrong. No, no, no. (laughs) There and yes. Yep. Uh, but uh, I've worked with, she's been uh, a patron of mine since the beginning. Yeah. Uh, she approached me uh, very, very early on in meditation. And uh, in fact, Gwyneth Inyan Brigid is my, my magical name. It's yeah. Gwyneth daughter of Brigid. Um, and she's the one who named me. Uh, wow. So I, I honor her, uh, you know, but mostly I work with her when it has to do with healing, I go to Brigid for healing. Yeah. Um, anytime anybody tells me, yeah. Um, anytime anybody says, you know, I'm having a surgery, I'm doing this, I'm doing it, you know, please pray for my family. Uh, I, I light a candle and I ask for Brigid's assistance and, and her blessing, mm-hmm. uh, for healing. Uh, that's, that's, but also she's just always kind of been there. So, you know, yeah, I just, same. I, I just I feel, have this, yeah. You know, it's just, I honor her because she's always been there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I uh, also have worked with the Morrigan and with the Kalyach. And so I honor both of them as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though I don't work with them a lot, mm-hmm. there are, there are times when uh, I just feel like it's proper to, you know, to call out to them and ask for their assistance, yeah. uh, depending on what I'm, I'm, you know, if it's a particular spell or, 
just, you know, I just feel like I should honor them because I've worked with them. And in fact, it was really interesting. Um, I had not lit a candle for, for the Morgan in some time. And so I, I lit a candle for her and I, you know, hailed the Morgan. And I went out that morning. And when I came back, there were uh, crows in, wow. in my yard. There was a crow. And actually it was just one, it was a crow and it was in my yard and it was squawking at me. And so I hurried my groceries in and I, went back <laughs> out and I said, hail Morgan, I see you. And the crow flew away. Oh, I love that. But I was like, wow, that was just like, what a okay. confirmation. He confirmed. So now <laughs> I'm making sure I don't forget. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, usually uh, I, I ask the Morgan for help when there's conflict. Uh, or something that I need assistance, some, you know, some kind of conflict going on. Mm -hmm. Um, And then oddly, in the last year, um, I felt drawn to work with Hera. And it was funny, because I had never been drawn to Hera before. Um, But uh, I saw this little statue of her at a store that our friends own. And it was just like, buy me, buy me, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Okay. So, okay fun. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I brought, I brought this little statue home and, and I was like, I, you know, just, all right, I will honor you. I haven't worked specifically with her, uh, a lot, but of course she, uh, is in the realm of marriage and family and, mm-hmm. and uh, women. So I have been approaching her on those, uh, specific issues yeah. and I've been lighting a deity candle for her that I, and, uh, just, praying, you know, and, and asking for her guidance in those areas of life. Beautiful. And then let's see. And then I also work with Artemis. Uh, she yeah. was another one that I worked with years and years ago. And uh, so whenever I do any kind of uh, moon work, I, yes. I, see, yes. I seek Artemis and Luna and Hakati. So it's good to have that because you, over time you do, like I, work with um, Artemis I just sometimes I don't even work with her but whenever there's a full moon I always light a candle for her just to be like thank you I see you and that's kind of the extent but I think yeah it's like having those little moments where you at least acknowledge them because knowing that if the time comes and you need to work with them you've already got that connections like what we were saying before there's always already that like um relationship that's been established and it can just be that simple. Hey, how you going? Exactly. Um, exactly. Do you, so do you have on your altar, do you have a space for each of them or do you have a different area in the house or what do you do for an offering space? I have, our, we have a main altar mm-hmm. in what would normally in most houses be a dining room. <laughs> <laughs> we have our, that's where we have our altar mm-hmm. and each one has uh of uh let's see i have uh, plus car has a couple of deities from his uh druid path yeah Kronos uh, and the dog mm-hmm. we have them a space for them who every now and then i feel bad because you know he's moved on to the norse deities so i'll light a candle for them too yeah. so i'm like i'm sorry you guys we I'm, still love you <laughs> But uh, so I have Hakati has a big space on my altar. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, Brigid and uh, the Earth Deity and uh, these others. But then this our, our house is an old farmhouse. It's a 132 year old farmhouse. Wow. And the dining room 
where we where we have this main altar has like this little shelf above it mm-hmm. and just built into the and so I have my little shrines my little altars to Hannah and Artemis and um you know another one for Brigham she gets to yeah and uh, <laughs> and uh the Morrigan and the Kalyak are all across there Beautiful. and then I have um earth deity altars you know kind of sprinkled throughout the house wherever my plants are I love and- I want to see your house now it sounds amazing <laughs> And then um, my, uh, the, the uh, icon I have for Frigga is a very small one. It's about this big and it fits perfectly in my kitchen window. Mm-hmm. So I have her there. That's where my altar for Frigga is uh, in the kitchen window with a bunch of plants and stones and things. I love it. That sounds really cool. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I, you know, I, I like it. <laughs> you know, sometimes when you go into people, maybe it's just me, but when I go into someone's house, I'm always like looking at their things because it's like pieces of them around their house. Right. I'm always like, where'd you get that? What does that mean? What are you, what's over there? I can only imagine in your house. I'm like, wow, tell me everything. <laughs> and then across from the main altar, we have our ancestor altar. So, uh, you know, it. got a lot of family pictures and, and uh, things there. So. beautiful um now people I think that when you're starting out deity work can be a bit overwhelming because Uh there I mean it's not just one is there there's so many you can choose from and I think that people don't know how they should go about it and how they should form a connection or whatever so what would your advice be for somebody who wants to connect with someone and they don't know who they don't know how like how would you say to get started Right. I was very lucky, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. in that my deities chose me initially. Yeah. Um, I, you know, because I didn't know. I was like most people when I started mm. out, you know, do I worship a deity? Do, you know, what do I do? And I was in meditation and both first Brigid and then Artemis came to me in meditation. And yeah. uh, so that's how I began working with them. Um, you know, and Hakati, it was, I, I went to her because I needed help with a spell, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I would say for most people, what is, what feels the most natural as far as what are you interested in? Like, mm-hmm. are you drawn to the Celtic deities? Are you drawn to the Norse or, or the Greek, you know, or the Egyptian, you know, what, which vibes with you the most or maybe none at all I mean Mm -hmm. it is okay people you know think you have to worship a deity sometimes absolutely not Mm -hmm. Uh, but if you feel inclined to to work with deity that would be my number one thing is what mythology interests you the most Mm -hmm. uh you know what what really just gets you excited and you want to get a book or you want to you know you see their icon and you know in the, in the store, you know, you see their statue in the store and you go, holy crap, I need to have that. Yeah. You know, what, what speaks to you mm-hmm. and then go from there. And you don't have to have a, a whole bunch, you know, I'm a polytheist. I'm a hard polytheist, which means I believe they all are individual. I don't yeah. believe, you know, that it's just one great energy or one great spirit with many faces. I think they're all individual. And um, so if there's one in particular, that you have a vibe with, then just focus on that one mm-hmm. and building a relationship with that one. Um, and if that doesn't work, the the other option I would say is there are these books out there. 
like years ago, Patricia Telesco wrote 365 Goddess. Mm -hmm. And it was a daily devotional, essentially, to a different goddess every day. Interesting. And it was a little introduction to each goddess. And like, that is also a possibility from, you know, it's, it's just brief. It's just a nugget of information. Um, but it, it could give you an idea of a direction to go in. If you, if you are just not sure. Who, Good idea. Who mm. so, that's what it, I would say. It's funny though, that they do often come to you, don't they? And I think yeah. sometimes um, it's as simple as just being open to, anything that comes like but look for the symbols like maybe you are yep. getting lots of crows maybe you're seeing um there's a white horse that you see every single day in a farm and you go well I know Rhiannon had a white horse maybe that's her <laughs> you know it's like it can come in all different ways it can be in meditation it can be literally something thrown in front of you it could be an Instagram picture but just being open is a good start that's exactly right. And my son actually discovered who he was meant to work with through divination. Mm. Uh, he had been feeling like he was being drawn uh, by a deity or two, actually, but he didn't know who yeah. it was. Yeah. And so he did uh, his own divination. Then he got confirmation from another person who, who did divination and led him to uh, work with Lou. And <coughs> ah, with the cool. So you know, it's just, you just, it's various ways, various mm-hmm. ways. Beautiful. Um, so tell us, tell us about the podcast. How did that, how did that happen? How, did, how was that born? And what, what did you, what, what was the goal from it? Well, uh, it was born from basically family conversations. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you hear on the podcast, especially in the early episodes when mm-hmm. we were, you know, just chatting, that's how we talk at home. That's, mm-hmm. you know, those are the kinds of conversations that Ode and I would have, or Ode and uh, Carr would have separately, or the three of us would get into a conversation together. And at some point, uh, there's a, it's a little family squabble. We're not exactly sure who suggested it. Carr says it was <laughs> Who's trying that. to claim it? <laughs> somebody, somebody suggested that we do a podcast mm-hmm. so that we could have a record of our conversations, but also mm-hmm. that if people were interested that, um, they might con- contribute their own ideas. Yeah. Uh, cause one of the things that we've always said from the very beginning is none of us are experts. Mm-hmm. We're all on this path that we're walking separately yet together mm-hmm. and as a family. So we thought, well, let's see if there's anybody out there who would be interested in uh, joining the conversation. Mm. And so uh, we, we set up our first podcast, God, I think it was uh, 2018 yep. was when we did our first one, uh, December 20, 28th, maybe uh, after Christmas. And uh, we had this grand plan. We were going to like do one one a month and we were going to talk about the moon cycles and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And then the, the, uh, the um, thing with Isaac Bonowitz happened, the Mm. the candle in the Druid community uh, and the question about uh, sexual abuse and leadership in the pagan community and things Mm. like that. And we thought, oh my gosh, this is, this is a very, serious thing that you know is affecting the pagan community we should talk about it so we did what we called a special episode two weeks after the first one and it was deep and it was about you know 
uh, sexual abuse and paganism and, yeah, you wow. know, all of these things. And then two weeks after that, we went to convocation and we thought, well, we should, really, <laughs> you know, maybe we should talk about convocation. And then it just kind of built from there to being, uh, every two weeks at the yep. time it was bi-weekly and, uh, we decided, well, we should have something to talk about. So we came up with themes mm-hmm. and, uh, we first, our first theme was, uh, you know, building your book. And we taught how to create a grimoire or a book of shadows. And it just kind of grew from there, honestly. Mm, It's a great podcast. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And it really, uh, it started out with being things that were interesting to us or things that we had discussed. And now it's almost exclusively because we went to a weekly format uh, based on our Patreon supporters. Um, And uh, now a lot of our our topics come from suggestions from our listeners. Mm -hmm. It's a good podcast as well for people who are, who are just beginning because yes. they, you do start from the very basics and it, it kind of like transforms from there. Like you go through all the Sabbaths, you go through the moon and then it kind of progresses. So I think if you do start from the beginning, it will progress with your practice as well. Yes. Yes. We do have, we do have a lot of people who are either new or returning, Mm -hmm. uh, to, to witchcraft or paganism in some form. And, um, it, it's really beautiful. We, the, the three pack community kind of built up around the podcast, Mm -hmm. uh, independently of us, you know, we, we created the, the, the format, you know, we created a Facebook group, we created a discord and the communities just built themselves. Yeah. And so we have a, we have great listener, uh, communities in both Facebook and, uh, Patreon, uh, excuse me on discord. And uh, of course we have incredibly, uh, amazing supporters through Patreon mm-hmm. and, uh, we're just, we, we love our listeners, Every, everybody we get, you know, we'll get these emails or this, uh, contact from people and telling us, you know, uh, that they've listened and what it, what a particular episode might've meant to them. And it's just been, it's been great. And we've, That's beautiful. Um, it's allowed us to meet a lot of really interesting yeah. people, you know, and do some interesting things. So yeah, it, it's been good. That's cool. Um, do you guys have like a, a grand plan? If like, where would you <laughs> love to take it? If you could dream big, what would the goal be for it? I think if we could dream big, mm-hmm. um, we would love for the podcast to be all that we did, you know, that we didn't have to have jobs independently. Yep. Um, you know, that we could travel all over the United States and go visit, you know, various festivals once they're back up and running. Uh, Yeah, of course. Uh, Uh, (laughs) uh, Visit with listeners and and things, because that's been one of the neatest things really when we, when we do go to events and mostly the events that we've gone to have been regional. We've, Mm -hmm. you know, we go to Detroit and we've gone to a Lansing event and things like that. And what's really cool is when people will come up to us because they recognize our voices. Yes. You have (laughs) very distinct voices. (laughs) When, or are you old, you know, and we're like, yeah, you know, so it's funny. It's fun. I can imagine like if you were out and the three of you were together, I know I would be going those voices. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We do get that. It's, it's really, it, when it first happened, we were just like, really? That's, that's <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Cause so this funny. person keep kind of creeping up to our table. We were at, we were in Detroit. I think it was at Detroit conjure fest several years ago. And, um, this person came up to, are, are you 
from three pagans and a cat and we were like yeah you know <laughs> how are you doing and are you enjoying the day and things like that and it was it was fun I love it and I think what's so good about it as well is that because you guys already have like an established relationship obviously being a family that right. you're so comfortable around each other and so the banter is really good and it makes people feel as though they're sitting in your house with you because it's just like this relaxed environment. Even if you're having like a heated discussion, you're still like, right. yeah, yeah, they're our yeah. friends. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Excuse me. I'm sorry. <coughs> this cold is certain to kick my back. Colds these days aren't the same either. Cause you're like, I'm just sick. I promise. It's yeah, just a cold. <laughs> Honestly, it really is. <laughs> um, so now we've talked about your morning, but do you have an evening ritual? Not as much. I, I do tend to do more in the morning for some reason. Mm -hmm. um, but it, again, if, if I do an evening ritual, it um, it's going to involve lighting a candle and, and just honoring the deity with either a prayer or just a, you know, I'm thinking about you or yeah. something. <laughs> I tend to do more moon rituals probably mm -hmm. uh, because I, I do the Dipnon, um, I do Numenia, uh, which are both for Hakati. Um, of course, I do um, the full moon as well. So that's probably more what I would what I do in mm -hmm. the as an evening kind of thing. But I don't do like a daily evening ritual. Cool, beautiful. Now before Although we, if I miss yeah. my morning ritual, I might do. Yeah. <laughs> you've got the space carved out yeah. just in case yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. um now before we finish i have five questions for you that are like the fire round questions okay so these are like little get getting to know you better questions first one is there a movie you could watch a thousand times and you'd never get sick of it there are so many mm. <laughs> but um probably sense and sensibility oh good one yeah I love that one and it's the older one yeah you know, the original so. yeah the original mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. beautiful um a book that changed your life oh probably Ariadne's thread a workbook of goddess magic Mm -hmm. It was by uh, Shekinah Mountain or Shekinah Mountain Water, uh, written years ago, and it introduced me to the fact that there could be something other than Christianity. Mm, that's true. That was a big moment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, is there an animal that you have a connection with? And it could be like a, a pet, but it could be a type of animal as well. Cats. Cats. I have a cat. Yep. I've had cats in my life since I was a little girl. Mm -hmm. And, um, the first cat we had, um, uh, was supposed to be my sister's and she became my cat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, you know, it was just, I've always had a really strong connection with cats and mm -hmm. including to the cat we have today, whose, whose name is Balthazar. Um, oh, cute. <laughs> But uh, the three pagans and a cat, people are always asking, who's, where's the cat? Who's the yeah. cat? That cat was actually uh, a cat uh, named Shadow that my husband got for me when we were first married. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was a black cat that uh, lived to be about 19 years old and wow. blind and you know the whole thing. But he was just a wonderful cat. And I have always, uh, especially when my mother uh, still had her place and I could go out and visit her. I always felt his presence. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and everybody always, everybody in the family had a very special connection to him. So that's why it's three pagans and a cat. So yes, oh, cats, beautiful the cats. animal that I have the most relationship with. I love that. Cats are funny, aren't they? Like we, I've they always are. had a cat as well. And they, um, yeah, they, they're kind of like Hecate in a way where they're like, I'm just going to do what I want. I'll, I'll sit yep. with you when I feel like it and That's you will right. love me. <laughs> That's right. That's correct. It's like that first cat that I had when I was a kid. Her name was Blanche. Oh, nice. And- <laughs> she was very aloof. She was one of those, you know, leave me alone. Yeah. Cats. Anytime I was upset or scared, she would find me. Yep. She always knew. Yeah. Our cat at the moment, her name's Sage and she's like such a witchy. She's like a black cat. She's super witchy. And mm-hmm. she, like, we rescued her and I was, I wanted a cat so much and I love her. Like I, I'm the one that feeds her. I give her everything. And she just does not give a shit about me at all. (laughs) She goes for my daughter who's six and she, I'm like, it's such a weird abusive relationship because she like (laughs) flings her around, but she keeps going back for more or she Mm -hmm. like flirts with my husband that, but with me, she'll like attack me for no reason. But at the start of the year, we had some like serious crap that was going on and I was just really low and she sat with me every single day. She did not leave my side. So I'm like, okay, fine. I respect yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> um, if you could travel anywhere in the world right now, where would you go? Oh, uh, probably Ireland. Yes. I would love to go to Ireland. Mm-hmm. We had the opportunity when my son went to school he went to school in England mm-hmm. and so we were able to go to London and Manchester, but I would really love to go to Ireland. Anywhere in particular? I'd probably love, he went, he spent time in Belfast. Yes. So I would my husband is Belfast. from Belfast. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would love to go there and see, cause he did his dissertation for his master's on the artwork, the street art. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to see the street art in Belfast. Yeah. You should go as well. Um, we went to a place called Kildare, which is where yeah. Bridget's Flame was. Yeah. And um, it's amazing because they have the pit and only women are allowed to go in there. And yeah. it's, oh my gosh, the energy around that place is full on. You would love it. Yeah. I hope to go one day. Mm. Uh, and the last one, what does happiness look like for you? Uh, my family, mm-hmm. honestly. That's, mm-hmm. that's what makes me happy. Next would be my, you know, plants and uh, just enjoying the little things. Yes. The little things, noticing the little things throughout the day. Beautiful. I love that. Thank you so much. And where, where can people find you if they want to connect with you more? Like, do you have, you've got a book as well, don't you? Um, well, no, not yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I blog on uh, Patheos Pagan, mm-hmm. uh, Three Pagans and a Cat blog, and I'm still working on Green Earth Witchcraft, the book. Uh, yes. I'm hoping that we'll, we'll be able to, to get finished. Um, and, uh, but you can reach me at Gwyn at threepagansandacat.com. Mm-hmm. You can find me on TikTok, which is Gwyn Three Pack, mm-hmm. which is three P-A-A-C. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, obviously threepagansandacat.com, which is the number three pagansandacat.com. Beautiful. You can find me on Facebook as Gwyn. You're everywhere. Okay. Yep. I love oh, it. I'm all, just <laughs> I'll, I'll put all the links. <laughs> Google me. You'll find me that way. <laughs> the, the book, 
your book will be amazing. I'm going to be the first person waiting to get it because like, I love talking to you. Like, like I said, your mind is so magical and I, I'm sure that everyone's going to just gobble up everything you have to say. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here and um, yeah, just keep being amazing. Oh, thank you. I really have enjoyed talking to you. I appreciate just the opportunity to do this. And I just hope you have a very goddess blessed day. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. Bye. There you go. There is Gwen from Three Pagans and a Cat. Isn't she just so cool? I just love talking to her. I I just like, it was so fun. So definitely go and check out her podcast. Um, it's definitely a really, really good informative one. Um, as I recommend going from the beginning as well, like from the very like episode one and up um, because it kind of like it, you go along with their progression of their own path. So if you're just starting out, um, it's a good – I always recommend starting at the beginning because that's usually where they're at as well. So do that, jump over and, and give them a follow. Um, but I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much also to everybody that's been sending me messages and letting me know that you started following and listening. Um, it really means a lot. Like obviously when you do these things, you don't get immediate feedback from people. So, um, getting your messages is really nice and it just kind of, it's very encouraging because, you know, you go, hello, is anybody out there? And then you get a message going, yes, I'm here. It's very nice. Um, so thank you so much. If you're one of those people who have sent a message through, I really, really, really do appreciate it. Um, and of course, if you would like to follow me, you can find me over on Instagram uh, at Wick and Sage. You can watch this interview, if you're not already, on uh, Rose Thorn Cottage on YouTube. And then you can also join me over on Patreon where we have this amazing group of witchy-minded, magical folk who we just dive into all different kinds of magic and where I'm, I'm going to organize our Yule party. That's one of my goals for the uh, coming week. We're going to have a little Zoom Yule party and get to know each other better. So, um, you know, just get into the Yule spirit because it's not far away now and it's fun to be around like-minded people. So yes, definitely check that out if you're keen. But otherwise, I hope you have a beautiful week, um, a beautiful weekend. It is going to be Thursday when you're listening to this. Um, But if not, whatever day you listen to it, I hope it's a really good one. (laughs) And I will see you very soon. Bye.